Utah had an emphatic victory over UCLA to uh, get pole position in the race for the Pac-12 South. But California were surprise winners at home against Oregon State. Uh, and Washington, I would have to say, were surprise winners at Stanford. We're going to talk about all that and more on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Ineligible receiver. Offense number 64. By rule, that penalty is disregarded. is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. So, starting off with the games from the most recent weekend, uh, we have Oregon at home against Colorado, and brother, uh, this game wasn't especially close. I mean, this was Oregon in an absolute walk, 52-29, to uh, Anthony Brown, who's been a little bit maligned down there, was able to throw for 300 yards in the game. Uh, Byron Call, uh, Cardwell uh, kind of stepping in and taking the C.J. Vardell role. Uh, Travis Dye, uh, you know, low yards per carry, high touchdowns. Kind of uh, just kind of Oregon's program. I mean, one of their better games they've honestly had. They've looked pretty shaky, uh, but they end up winning emphatically here. The only thing I have to say about this game is that Vegas, man, gets like a couple times a year they do this. This was a 24-point spread, and mm. with a 15-point fourth quarter that they won 15-7, to Colorado putting up 29 points against Oregon, which I got to say is pretty impressive for a Colorado team that hasn't scored jack shit in a number of games. Um, they lose by 23 and cover by a point. Check the locks. Carl Durrell's at the back door. Yeah. That's, I mean, Colorado has had a lot of problems offensively. Yeah. So the fact that they put up 29 points. Now, 15 of those points were in the fourth quarter. So arguably, you could say maybe Oregon had all its backups in. I don't know um, what the circumstances were. But Colorado has scored fewer points against lesser teams, um, including a couple games where they didn't score. So... I don't know, 29 points if you're a Colorado fan. you got to feel pretty good about that in Austin Stadium. But, yeah, Oregon wins by 23, fails to cover by a single solitary point. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Colorado fan happy with that offensive output, you're really grasping at straws because one can only assume that uh, the starters for Oregon had long since left the field. Uh, <laughs> listen, and, listen. You and, I and are, the team was – You and yeah, I are Washington yeah. Husky fans, dude. We know a thing or two about grasping at straws. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But just like, yeah, I mean, that's just like, I mean, it's just nothing. It's just pure, pure empty calories, uh, those fourth quarter points for them. Uh, next up, I should have mentioned this one in the intro. Washington State went down to the desert against a, you know, a decent enough Arizona State team as far as this conference goes this year. Cougs behind, I believe they had five turnovers in this game. Yep. Um, and, you know, and end up just winning comfortably against Arizona State. 34 to 21. This was 28 to 7 at the half. Uh, it, it was a non contest for half of this game. Yeah, I think in their first four snaps, Arizona had two turnovers. Um, yeah. Just rough. Bunch of penalties. And there's a lot. I mean, the Pac 12 conference has a lot of discontent in it right now because you got Herm Edwards in his third year. That school has got sanction issues coming, the investigation coming down the pike. Washington State is playing with a interim head coach because they already fired Rolovich. 
Uh, we just talked about Carl Durrell in his second year, but he seems to be stuttering badly. Uh, Huskies are mad. Arizona looks terrible. UCLA is about to fire Chip Kelly. I mean, it's crazy. USC um, fired their coach. USC's fired their coach. USC's already playing on an internet coach. I mean, there's a lot. This is very tumultuous time. Um, and Arizona's right in the th- Arizona State's right in the thick of that because Herm Edwards in his third year, you'd think by now, I get, I gather, you know, he had this like CEO role panned out for himself where he wasn't going to like actually have to do the coaching. But um, I think he actually turns out he does need to do both coaching and recruiting because they they're struggling right now. Yep, I agree with that. I mean, this is a one thing I take away from this game is that it's so nice for Washington State's fans and players. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, this was a I, I think a shocker win for them. Like they weren't uh, Arizona State, no pun intended, but like they, you know, they looked like they were going to be a fight in a fight the rest of the way for bowl eligibility, and now they're you know, I mean, they still have a home game against Arizona on the schedule. I think you, like you can pretty much all but bank them for six wins. They were sixteen. No, they're five and four. Sixteen point underdogs in this game. So yeah, I mean, this is a, yeah. this is a. They win by 13 points. That's a, They're flipping the script 29 points on what Vegas thought was going to happen this game. That's pretty good. Yeah, so a uh, great win for the Cougs, man. Congrats to them, and very likely uh, going to be locking up a Pac-12 bowl spot after that Arizona game at least. Uh, and, and they sure as hell can beat Oregon and Washington, the other two teams on their schedule. All right, here, here was a weird one. California and Oregon State, okay? Uh, this is a game... Uh, part of what you and I declared last week, we determined when we're looking at the lines, three lock results. Yes. This is the first one we're dealing with, where Oregon State were favored by like a point or something like that in this game. We said, what are you talking about? Cal's been terrible. Oregon State's been pretty pretty good. We're, we're, taking, a, we're, taking, we're taking Oregon State Beavers on the road and laying the points. One and a half points. And yeah. And uh, California uh, grabbed this game by the scruff of the neck uh, to obliterate our three-team parlay. You know, uh, you know what, what, what was interesting is that this game was only a touchdown difference at half, but it was reminiscent of a lot of Washington losses this year where you're like, how the hell are they only down a score, you know? Because, like, Cal was just dictating. Yeah, I mean, Cal, you... you... You look at them on paper with Garbers, you know, Wilcox, I think, in his fifth season, and you you like you think they should be better. You know, they've got, yeah. they've got a little bit of a recruiting base, you know, that they, they pull some players, and it's like there's no reason for them to be terrible like this. And then every once in a while they jump up with a game like this, and you're like, yeah, okay, like this should be a, this should be like a serviceable program, you know? Like they should compete every once in a while. And 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 this we this season they've just been so terrible, but yeah, they I mean Oregon. Oregon State's been like a pretty feel good, you know, had a pretty feel good season, and and they walk in, you know, this game and just get completely just buzzsawed. Yeah, it was a a very poor effort by them, and now they are, you know, they're sitting on five wins. They're at Colorado this week, so you know, you figure they'll probably be able to take care of business there and at least secure bowl eligibility. They also have Stanford at home coming up, uh, which is looking like a possible win for them. Uh, and then, yeah. So, I mean, you figure they're going to, at the very least, find one more win and very likely in their next game. For sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, next game on the docket is, uh-oh, 
Arizona. What's happening to me? And USC. Another one of our locks. Another lock of the week. That was not to be. USC were heavily favored in this game. And these Arizona Wildcats behind Will Plummer, who they do not want to be playing quarterback, but he is by necessity. Uh, They put up 34 points in this game. Uh, and keep it within one score. They lose by one touchdown to USC. USC 41-34 to 34 winners. And uh, USC, uh, we just finally got around to talking about Drake London last week. And the poor guy, uh, after catching nine balls for 81 yards and two touchdowns, uh, I believe had a season-ending injury. He is out for the year, yes. Um, which is unfortunate because yeah. he's one of the better receivers in the country. And Arizona, for the second week in a row now, plays a better opponent close. Um, again, you wonder a little bit because they won the fourth quarter 13-3, to three, so they pulled 10 points back, you know, in the fourth quarter. How how realistic was it? I mean, how, you know, does that score potentially flatter them? Um, you know, the week before, we all know it did not. They they were in an absolute dogfight with UW. Um, but, they should uh, have won the game against UW. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fact. It's uh, amazing that they didn't, honestly. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, it's true. Uh, but so for the second week in a row, they, you know, acquit themselves nicely. I would say, and you know, but I, I don't know. You talk about you talk about not having more time for moral victories. Like they are zero and eight. They need a win. They need a win in the worst way. I agree with that. Uh, next up, we got Utah and UCLA. Utah. Uh, they were up 28 to 10 at the half, uh, and they close it strong in the fourth quarter. Uh, so they win both halves. They win the game by 20 points against UCLA. Uh, Ethan Garber seeing a lot of time under center, all exclusively under center for UCLA. So was that, uh, I haven't been following the DTR situation too closely. Is that a decision was made or did he get hurt? I believe he got hurt, um, the okay. prior week. And so Garber's had to come in. Uh, cause Garbers was their quarterback in the final, uh, series in the prior week when they were trying to go down and, um, tie it against Oregon Garbers was in there. So I believe that was a injury, which led to that. And I do not know when he'll be back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, Garbers, this is like kind of standard for like a young quarterback where he completed a lot of passes, but the yards per attempt is like poor, uh, now, Utah, very similar yards per attempt, but that's kind of just how their offense is. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah, so, you know, the story of the game is on the ground where Utah rushed for almost 300 yards. Um, and, you know, to uh, UCLA's 146. So, uh, decided yardage advantage. Utah controls the clock. Utah dominates. You got it. And that puts Utah what right at the top of the. They're also, I mean, they're at the top of the Pac-12 South, right? They're five and three, four and one in the Pac-12 South, which puts them alone. Um, Arizona okay. State's at three and two. I like I like when we get to November, we can start like kind of saying on what the impact is on the conference race. That's always fun for me. Uh, last game of the week, Washington Huskies go down to the farm where they've had no joy, been unable to win since two thousand and seven. Sark couldn't do it. Chris Peterson couldn't do it. But Jimmy Lake, brother, I tell you, he can do it. Uh, Washington, uh, just, you know, in, in a hideous game that was difficult to watch, Washington uh, are the victors 20-13. to 13. Yeah. 
hundred yard rusher, Sean McGrew. Well, and a and a ninety nine yard rusher in Cam Davis. Yeah, I mean they all, they literally were one yard away from having two one hundred yard rushers, which is like what we've been asking. That's for. the takeaway from the game. That, yeah. That's what we wanted all year, and it's a, and it's the most surprising outcome of all because you and I have spilled a lot of ink, so to speak, on the notion that. Washington tries to go down and just bully Stanford every year and just gets their ass kicked. And then, like, lo and behold, <laughs> it worked. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it worked in, in a weird way. But then the, the thing that's crazy about it is that Washington couldn't run on Montana. They haven't been run to, able to run on anybody all year. So, like, now I'm like, what the fuck is going on on Stanford's defensive line that they're letting the Husky, these – these dog shit Huskies rush for over 200 yards on them. Yeah. Unreal. Washington playing without Jackson Kirkland, who's one of the two projected like high NFL draft picks. Now, maybe not anymore, but I mean, coming into the yeah. season, that dude was a projected first rounder. He's out. Yep. And all of a sudden the Husky running game kicks it into gear. Like what the hell? Yeah, I mean, this, this was just bizarre, right? Because this was the third of our triple locks all missed. Uh, oh for three. Oh for three. Couldn't have been. I don't tell you. I was. I, they, were, they were the three most confident picks I've had all year. That's. But we do. We do technically get this one because we would have had Washington by the rules. We took Washington. Uh, but yeah, but like not with our money. Uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Ugh. We're trying to get paid, baby. We're not. You know. I can't. You know. Loyalty only goes so far. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just this is just an astounding, astounding result. But I mean, it, you know, for the second week in a row, Washington is able to pull out a close one against a terrible team. Here, here's what I want to say because I want to be on the record for this one thing, which is at the end of the season, I presume, you know, and not before that, because if it was going to be before that, it would have already happened. John Donovan is going to be let go as the offensive coordinator, right? Like I think everybody's in agreement there. Um, and it would be stunning if if he is not let go at the end of the season. So for a variety of reasons, but mostly because he's bad at being an offensive coordinator. With 22 seconds left to go in the game, Washington had third down and two. For some, yep. for some reason, Stanford had called their third and final timeout, so I don't understand that, but um, to stop the clock. So thank you for that. And so Washington was looking at, they have no timeouts. They're on about the 20, right? So well within field goal range, um, easily within field goal range. And you've got – so you've got no timeouts. You've got maybe one or two more plays that you can run, and then you kick your field goal. And I was sitting on my couch, and I was thinking, like, in order of what I assume is about to happen is we're going to run the ball – forgetting that we don't have a timeout or something. And then we're going to have like 17 seconds to try and get the field goal unit out there and kick a field goal. And that's going to go terribly. Or we're going to yeah. throw the ball behind the sticks somehow and get tackled. And then same, same circumstance, or we're going to pick up the first down and then, and then somehow screw up the spike or like barely get it spiked with like one second. And so the, the play that he called, which was Dylan Morris throwing the ball to the back corner of the end zone, where Jalen McMillan yep. was, where only his yep. guy could catch it. And the alternative was that it would go over his head and out of bounds and stop the clock with, you know, 17, 18 seconds left 
was the perfect call. It, perfect. it worked out because he caught the ball, but even if it hadn't worked out and it, and it got incomplete, like it was the best call that he's ever made. And I hope when he retires from coaching football, he just puts that play on a loop in his house, you know, like, and was like, yeah, I made a call once. And then this is that call. Cause it was the best. Call ever. And I, yeah. It was amazing. And then the two point play right after it was really tidy, you know, little, uh, little misdirection action to, to Giles Jackson, uh, kind of like a jet sweepy slash the, uh, the Pat White, West Virginia, you know, thing where you like shove it forward. So if it falls on the ground, it's an incomplete pass. Uh, but if you catch it, it's just basically a running play. Like, you know, that was, that was ready to go. Uh, we hadn't shown that in a minute. Uh, and it, and it got the job done for the two point conversion also. Yeah. So, I mean, back to back. Yeah. I mean, like that, that third down play was perfect. It completely surprised me that it was so good. It was like the right call. That's the weirdest thing about this offense in the, in the, in the rare circumstances when they've been good and they have been extremely rare, but they have existed there some for sometimes a, a couple few times a game, we can air it out for some reason. And McMillan and Bynum and Adunze are like, are fine offensive players. Like they get open and if they have a, if they had a better quarterback, like we, I think our receiver room is actually pretty good. As good as it's been in a minute. Yeah. No, I mean, and then Morris like uncorks that ball and it's just like, it's a, it's a pure a rope. It's like, it's yeah. just like, that's like a QB one right there. Like throwing the ball and you're like, have I just watched this guy for the last 59 minutes run around? Like he doesn't like understand the rules of the game. And you're like, and then he pulls yeah. that, that, I mean, like there was a guy coming right at him. It wasn't like he was, there was no, I mean, like he got hit after he threw that ball. Like it was, it was perfect. And it was the best. It was just like, I couldn't believe it. I was just like, I was completely stunned. I mean, you know, I mean, it's great. Yeah, it was great. It was a late game, and I go, go into the room and, uh, uh, you know, excitedly telling my wife what like that we won the game, like she gives a shit, yeah. you know, and like, <laughs> and, but yeah, I was like, that was a, I was in a great mood. Yeah, fantastic. That was fun. I had fun. I had, I had a fun time watching Huskies uh, get up, you know, back to back wins, baby. Yep, back to back road wins. We're still, we're still in the mix for the North. Yeah. I, you know, very technical. Yeah. <laughs> Mat- <laughs> mathematical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So how are we doing picks last week? Uh, we did pretty good. Uh, you, myself, and Tubby all went three and three, and Worm won the week in four and two. So Levine remains one game up, 31 and 35. You are in second place at 30 and 36. I am in third place at 29 and 37. And Worm at 26 and 40 is... Not out of it yet, but he's he's a couple games back. He's trending up. He had a hot week. He's he's ready to have another one. Yeah, he was on Zona. I mean, what a good call. Yeah, great call. Uh, so let's start things off for the next week's games on Friday night on the farm. Utah in their rushing attack. They just ran for 290 against UCLA. Stanford just allowed 200 yards to Washington on the ground. Uh, Utah are seven and a half point favorites. Uh, Utah. <laughs> see you're right i mean i am gonna pick utah but part of me is like there's this conference doesn't make a lick of sense yeah 
But I'll tell I'll take you I mean, be wrong. I just watched that. the University of Washington team, as you pointed out, that could not run the ball in Montana. Absolutely gash Stanford repeatedly. Yeah. Um with these bum ass running backs that we have. <laughs> it doesn't I mean <laughs> And this and this terrible offensive line. I mean it's unreal. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so it's all Utah for me. Yeah, all right. I'll take you to uh, next up. We got California and Arizona. Cal are twelve point road favorites. Arizona frisky the last two weeks. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what do we think? What do we think about the school of fish? I love the school of fish, dude. I'm gonna take the school of fish. Uh, yeah, I think I might get on the school of fish as well. They're trying. They're looking like they're thinking about winning a football game. I I really look forward to when I. Pay attention to the box score of this game on Saturday evening and see Cal up thirty-four nothing at halftime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, That's all oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you like, if you listen to the show and like decided to, well, we don't give out. You know, I mean, we don't say what uh, Tubby and Worms picks are beforehand. But if you say like, if you just went off your or my picks, the best you could be doing this year. The worst, or excuse me, the worst you could be doing if you did the opposite of what we pick is like eight games over. Uh, 500. Yeah, yeah, you'd be winning money. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so that's a little free uh, betters tip for us. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, like, obviously Cal's going to come out here and win by a thousand points. But Arizona, I think they're looking okay. They, they, they're still trying, you know, which is something to say for a team that's owing it. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got Oregon State and Colorado. Uh, Oregon State, big, big favorites. Okay, so we just got burned laying the points with Oregon State on the road. They go to Colorado now. Uh, Colorado team that just snuck in the back door at Oregon. Uh, I'm going to take the buffs in this one. Well, we always take the buffs, dude. We love the buffs. Yeah, if I get a, I get 10.5 points at kickoff for the home team against an Oregon State team that... I'm going to say, you know, floundering a little bit. I, I expect Oregon State to win this game, but I think Colorado. I'll give them a shot. Yeah, I'm on that. I'm on I'm on the bus to keep it within 10. All right. Uh, USC and Arizona State. ASU are eight-and-a-half-point home favorites, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be – I'm going to take the points here. I'm going to take USC because uh, I think Arizona – I'd be interested to see what Arizona State's against the spread record is this year. But, I mean, we talked a lot early in the season that they were just being so overvalued by Vegas. And they were, you know, they were, they were winning games, but they were not covering. They were just getting these unrealistic lines. And now they got, you know, USC, especially like Road USC, this group. This is a mentally weak group. They're down their best receiver. Um, yeah. I mean, Arizona State ought to win the game, but I'm going to take USC. Pretty incredible, our, our academically prowess. When we looked at those lines and like early in the season, and we're like, "Well, I don't know." And then, and then last week we were like, "We got three locks for you." <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, you know what? Yeah, what? Uh, you know, I saw an interview with a Seahawks player. Right, they'd been having a bad run of form, and they ended up getting a win because they played like a you know a glorified college team in Jacksonville last yeah. week. And one of the defensive players was just like, well, uh, you know, they just want, you know, coaches just told us to go out there and play. 
Uh, if you're going to make a mistake, make a mistake. Just do it at 100 miles an hour, okay? And so that's what I take our triple lock parlay from last week of. What it, What's good about it is that it showed conviction. It, it showed intent, uh, which is uh, better than the kind of wishy-washy losers we've been picking so far. Now, it blew up in our face, but I, I like that we had a, had a plan at least. Yeah. That's a that's a interesting make a mistake at 100 miles an hour. Okay. Yeah. I think there's a wide receiver in the league that took that pretty literally. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> My god. Oh my There's word! There's no way you can't think of that when you say that. Oh, no, I, like, I did not. I, I honestly did I was like, "What? How does that? How can that be?" I was like trying to wonder if he was like making the correlation. I was like, "But no, he probably would have said it before it happens." Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, on the field, we yeah. mean. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. Uh, so hey, we got. The most heated rivalry nobody in the country knows about. Oregon is coming to Washington. The Ducks are seven-point favorites. Washington, uh, quietly, one of your better defenses in the country. Uh, Washington, uh, loudly, one of the worst offenses in the history of college football. Washington, Uh, brazenly, talking a lot of shit. In this game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What the... F- you know, here's the deal with Jimmy Lake, right? Who makes these comments that are like, oh, we don't we don't consider Oregon a recruiting rival because we like to recruit against schools that have academic prowess. Uh, uh, no. No, bitch. Uh, Vaughn, Christian Capel, wrote a great article in The Athletic that just said, this is demonstrably false. Like, we, there were plenty... There have been plenty of players over the last handful of recruiting cycles that held both Washington and Oregon offers. Most of them ended up signing with Oregon. Uh, and there are plenty of players this year that have Washington and Oregon offers. So, like, you don't. They are they are very obviously a recruiting rival. So you're wrong. So it's, a, so it's another one of your Jimmy Lake uh, patented unnecessary and obviously disprovable lies. Yeah. Like, and, and like... Uh, you know, you you know you you won two road games against two dog shit teams, dude. Nobody likes you still. Just shut up and win. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're the you're the football coach, not like the provost. You know, or like the president. You're, you're, yeah. Like if Anna Marie Casse want to talk shit to whatever Shill, the name of the Oregon president, which I think is a great name for the Oregon president. Shill, yeah. Um, then then that's something she can point out if you, you know if she wants to. But like, your job is to win football games and and the academics of the institution are like relatively immaterial to, to that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like we do not have the, the recruiting restrictions that Stanford has. Um, anybody that can get into the university of Washington on a football scholarship is probably not having any trouble getting into, you know, Oregon, Oregon. I mean, we'll definitely not have any trouble getting into the university of Oregon and I'll flip that around. Anybody who gets into you, University of Oregon on a football scholarship offer is probably going to be welcomed with open arms at University of Washington. So, like, yep. what the fuck are you talking about, Jimmy? Yeah, like, yeah, that fu- this fucking guy, dude. Like, the, that's the thing that since you pointed it out to me about like the the stuff last or a couple weeks ago about the 
the plan with Sam Heuer to get in for one series, and that was always the plan. Yeah. Just like the, this, these obvious lies are uh, as troubling as the uh, blatant uh, kind of apathy towards recruiting, which, by the way, is the reason you have a young coach. is So they have the energy to recruit 24-7. You know, which Oregon understands. And by the way, this Oregon team, I think, was ranked. They are they enter the week as one of the four presumptive playoff teams, right? This Oregon team is not good, right? They're not their their benefit uh, versus everybody else in the Pac-12 is, as we talked about earlier in this show, virtually every other program is imploding to some degree, right? And Oregon's just kind of being fairly normal, and that's enough to make them far and away the class of the conference, but. Outside of the Ohio State win, which is an awesome win for them, a great win, they've looked bad a lot of times this year. They are gettable, but if you don't, if if they're better than Washington, right this season, anyone would agree. Uh, so, but because they are gettable, don't say anything to fucking rile them up, you know. So we got to have, uh, you know, I mean, because like. Not that any of their staff or players actually care about the relative academic difference between Washington and Oregon, which I will say, uh, uh, as compared to undergrads, is essentially nil, you know? Like, there's there's really no difference. Like, if, I mean, what makes Washington better is that they have better advanced degree programs, if you care about that thing, but that only matters if you're talking about certain ones, okay? Yeah. So, I, I just, so... Let the fucking, you know, don't poke the bear. No, just just don't say dumb stuff. Like, he seems, he just seems to be under the impression that when he gets asked these questions that he is smarter than everybody else and can just kind of explain it away with what he believes to be sort of like a non-answer answer and then be like, so there. And everyone, I mean, like, again, I would love to, I would love to have, be able to sit down with him after and be like, so what, what point were you trying to convey there? Because there's not anybody in the world who believes that your primary recruiting rival is Notre Dame. Like, that's not yeah. true. Like, we yeah. have one guy on our team that we beat out for Notre Dame. Uh, he's a Turner. Um, and as far as, he sucks, as, by as the way. As far as I know, like, nobody else on the team was really, like, that interested in Notre Dame. So, like, why – like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, and then, and then why wouldn't you just say the easy and obvious thing, which is like, yeah, of course, we see those guys all the time. They're in our conference. They're in our division. They're geographically close to us. Of course, we run into them all the time on the recruiting trail. It's a great rivalry. Yeah. Done. Exactly. Done deal. That's like, all you need to say. Easiest goddamn answer in the world. Done deal. And then instead, you go off on some tangent comparing your recruiting base to like Stanford and, and you know, Notre Dame, which is like, No. Like that's not Yeah. You know. A Stanford team which you just destroyed who appears terrible. Um so like is that who I mean like is that who you want? No, no, no. We're not we're uh, recruiting rivals with the number four team in the playoff race. We're recruiting rivals with this team we just crushed who appears to be awful. Like Who sucks. You you can see that we suck. We beat them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just what the fuck. Man. Guy, man. I don't know. But I will I will say uh what an opportunity to turn the Jimmy Lake narrative around this week. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, if uh, by some miracle Washington were to win this game, I'm going to be singing a different tune about Jimmy Lake. <laughs> a vastly different tune. 
they're gettable, man. They, their quarterback is not good, and they've got their you know primary running back is injured. You go, you take away the run game and make him. I mean, last week he threw for a bunch of yards on a terrible Colorado defense, but UW secondary is ten times better than that, like legitimately ten times better than that. So it's like it's there, but I, I have no confidence in our coaching staff. Like across the board, head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, there, there's a disadvantage if you're Washington. At every, at every, I agree with that, and yeah, and that's you know, like we talk about all the time, it spills down to the belief of the players. Uh, Oregon has shown over the years, I think they've won sixteen of eighteen or something like that in the rivalry. Sixteen to twenty, uh, sixteen and four in their last twenty. Okay, yeah, uh, so that's slightly better for Washington, and that's sad that that's better. Uh, but yeah, it's like they're it's it's clear to me that their players understand that. The, the people who really care about the school feel that this is a very important game. Oregon players seem to understand that. Washington players do not understand that. And uh, the, the, only, the only game Washington plays every year appropriately, we talk about all the time, is the Apple Cup, uh, which I barely care about because we beat the Cougs all the time because we play them with the right mentality. Yeah, they're not going to do that on Saturday. They're not. They're not. And Oregon is. So that's why you, uh, if you're betting it, uh, you should very comfortably take Oregon and lay the seven points. We'll be on Washington. Yeah. Official. Officially. Another lock of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that does it for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers. He, uh, for Eric and Warren, thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week.